It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following is a commercial program paid for by the Duncan Duo at Remax Dynamic. The opinions, viewpoints, and promises made during the following program are not those of WFLA AM, its staff, management, or parent company, iHeartMedia Incorporated. If you're looking for real estate help, you've come to the right place. The official real estate agents of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tune in for the next hour with my buddy Andrew Duncan on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Welcome to the Duncan Duo Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in this Sunday morning. This is Mike Yates filling in for Andrew. Uh, he's out today. Uh, joined by Robert Johnson from the Duncan Duo and also Nicole Vanek from the Duncan Duo team. Nicole's first time on the team. She's a, a transaction coordinator, so welcome. Hi. Thanks. We're thrilled to have you. <laughs> yeah, so thank you. We'll, uh, you know, a little later in the show, we'll let Nicole kind of get into her role with the team. Um, I don't know that that we've ever had a transaction coordinator on the team. It's uh, you know something that that the Duncan Duo team offers that some real estate teams don't have, where they have you know dedicated uh, operation staff to help the agents with their with their files. So I uh, wanted to start with an article that I saw this week: eight mistakes to avoid when you're buying and selling a home at the same time. Oh, I could go on and on about probably a million mistakes that you right. can make with Agreed. buying and selling your home at the same time. And I think as the market, um, you know, the market softens a little bit as far as it being a totally a seller's market. I think it's something that we all have to be aware of. Um, I think that buying and selling a home at the same time is a constant juggle. And I know Nicole probably sees this all the time. Um, people get really stressed out. It's a very stressful situation. So you definitely want to minimize the mistakes that you can make if you're juggling um, all of those moving parts. It's it's a lot to juggle. And, um, it, you know, it it's stressful enough when you're moving, but let alone selling and buying and making sure everything closes correctly and just the whole process. So eight things you can avoid. Um, number one, waiting too long to prep your home for selling. I think that this can be uh, something that is typical. I think a lot of people, you know, they're they're under the impression, oh, I'm going to sell in the spring or oh, I'm going to sell before the holidays or oh, I'm going to sell before school starts. And they really stress themselves out because they wait all the way until the bitter end before they start addressing issues that could come up. And sometimes they'll skip things that they know they need to address and then they attempt to fix it during the inspection period. I know Nicole sees that all well, then the time. You're pressed for time, so everybody's in a panic and Absolutely. it's a rush. Totally. And, you know, the buyer's inspector is going to find anything that you don't fix. I mean, they're going to find stuff that you thought you did fix. So um, it's something that you definitely want to start addressing early. And then it, that way, if there's anything that pops up during the process of you addressing repairs or anything you want to improve in your home, you have time so you're not you're not in a crunch. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like smaller items, too, that you can fix that may turn potential buyers off, too, you know, um, Broken or cracked windows, totally. for instance, or you know, uh, cracked sockets, mm -hmm. or, or 
uh, cover plates for outlets and things, well, which are pretty minor and right. very cheap to fix. But sometimes that turns buyers off because it's something if, that's just been flagged. Right. Yes. You know, it's something that's not maintained. So then their thoughts are kind of like, well, what else is going on that I can't see? Absolutely. And then there's stuff that pops up that affects the appraisal process, which right. really um, is almost more important than the than the inspection process you know you might have a clean inspection but i always say to people you know there's no passing or failing an inspection but there there is passing and failing an appraisal so absolutely um anyway number two skipping the backup plan so you need to have a backup plan for something that could go wrong during the process um you need to make sure you have all your ducks in a row i mean what if your house doesn't end up closing what if uh you might have to stay for an extra month what's going to happen to the house that you're uh, potentially purchasing you need to make sure you've thought through all those things and maybe discuss those things with your agent or with your lender or different options you might have if it doesn't successfully come together because there are those circumstances where hey it might not all come together you need to know what you're going to do you can't freak out in the moment you just need to have a plan and i think that that's really important right here's kind of a a other side of that too and it's something that i've been working with this week with a a buyer um and actually amy williams from the team it's uh, she's working with them the home that they put an offer on the seller um is building a new home and they could can't close for Mm. like two three months uh, but they have a, a very attractive property that a lot of interest was, you know, garnered. It went multiple offer the first day it was on the market. So then it was a juggling act. You know, the buyer wants to move in as soon as possible, but mm-hmm. the seller didn't have a backup plan essentially to go somewhere else. So, you know, a lot of back and forth negotiating, you know, how to make that work uh, to to work for all parties. So that's that's something to kind of keep in mind too as a backup plan is you know if my home sells too fast you know what am i going to do right number 3 buying too big um one of the biggest mistakes that we see in simultaneous buyers and sellers closings is you need to make sure that, or that first home buyers uh, make, they fail to get pre-approved on their loan. Um, they buy something or they have in their mind that they're going to buy something that, um, you know, they're not going to qualify for. They think they go through the process and they, they end up just not having everything together during the process. Um, and then they get caught off guard when maybe that house that they wanted to purchase for a lot of money isn't really in their budget. Yeah, I've always thought it's a good idea for sellers to work on getting pre-qualified before they even list the house, just so things like that don't happen. You know, they know what their buying power is. You know, maybe they can buy without closing on on that first house first. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different issues. And unfortunately, I've seen numerous times where the seller is unable to, to buy at all, you know, due right. to credit issues mm-hmm. or or something that's in, happened in the past. So I always think it's a great idea for sellers to to do that step before even listing their house. Right. Number four, working with too little cushion. So, you know, you, you think you're going to um, sell your house for a certain amount of money. Maybe you think you're going to sell it for 350 and you end up selling it for 325 or, uh, you know, any of those scenarios. You don't have enough cushion for maybe that down payment that you then want to turn around and use. What are you going to do if you're not working with enough cushion. What are you going to do if the if the house doesn't appraise or you know the offers don't come in where you're expecting? Are you going to still be able to move forward with everything without the cushion that you were um, hoping for? So you want to make sure that you have all of those scenarios worked out in your hand. I think that also goes back to the backup plan. You know what's going to happen if yeah. this stuff doesn't doesn't right fall into place. Number five, failing to compromise. Um, this could be 
on anything in the process, whether it's the inspections, whether it's the appraisal, whether it's negotiating on that house that you really want, that it's your dream house. You know, you don't want to lose something because you aren't great at compromise. You don't want to lose something because everything, um, you know, everything turns into a fight over a, a blind that isn't working or a window that's cracked. You want to make sure that you're able to compromise over those things so you can move everything forward. And so you're happy in the end. And so you get what you want. So it's, it's really all about looking at the bigger picture. I know a lot of stuff when you're going through the process, it seems like it's just one thing after another, after another. But again, you have to take a step back and look at the overall outcome and what's going to be at the very end. And that's your goal line. That's what you want to accomplish and get into that house. Absolutely. And we've talked about it before, too, with, with both buyers and sellers, um, you know, maybe not willing to compromise on certain repair items, for instance. Um, you know, let's just say, for an example, a seller says, you know, I'm not going to fix that. They have to put their home back on the market. You know, they may potentially lose out on that other home, you know, that they want because of that. So, um, you know, like Nicole said, just that bigger picture sometimes is more important than than something that, Mm -hmm. you know, you may not 100 percent agree with. Number six, using two different real estate agents. This is probably (laughs) my favorite one. I'm going to be honest. It's my favorite one. I think that um, really it makes most sense if you work with the same agent through the whole process. And again, if you're working with somebody that's that's helping you buy a house and you end up deciding they're not the best person to list your home. Um, you know, I think that there's always that that can happen. And I think, you know, you have to be a judge of that yourself, but I think when in doubt work with the same agent through the entire process, they're able to juggle everything They're They're able to maybe do some creative stuff. If stuff comes up that needs to be juggled. Um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where you definitely want the same person to be in the know through everything so everybody's not playing a game of telephone. Right. And that's where I step in. So if you work with the Duncan Duo, not only do we have listing specialists, we also have buyer specialists. And if you're going through the process at the same time of buying and selling, you will have a transaction coordinator. And that's where my role plays in. I will stay in touch with the buyer's lender, with the title companies. I help facilitate the entire transaction, and I keep you updated and posted the entire time along the way. And that really helps because then you only have really one point of contact. And if you have any questions, you have any worries or any concerns, you have one person that you can reach out to that knows everything about the entire transaction to help put you at ease. And I think that that's very important. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we came up with that role is because it is so important for one person to be educated with what's going on with every facet of the contract to close period, because contract to close, especially when we're talking about juggling all these parts is very um complicated and that's you know that's one of the reasons why why we do that for our clients it just it makes everything a lot smoother that way right and i also do want to add in that just because my label is a transaction coordinator we are also licensed real estate agents so we have the same credentials as a buyer specialist or a listing specialist that you're working with number seven we talk about this all the time (laughs) this is a great one closing on a friday yep uh don't do it you know if there's a slight hiccup all of a sudden you're um, sitting with all your stuff on a moving truck all weekend and you're staying at a hotel. Um, We preach that from the time we go, you know, the time we start training agents to all of our talks with the title companies to all of our talks with our lenders. 
there's so many people that want to close on a Friday and so many um, short staffing issues on Fridays, people taking long weekends. You know, a lot of times there's holidays. I mean, there could be any number of things that happen on a Friday that delays your closing. Um, even if, uh, you know, everything goes smoothly, one thing can happen and the end of the process is really soured for you. And that's that's a shame. Um and then final number eight, same thing about a fr- same thing with a Friday, but any day of the week, <clears throat> closing too late in the day. Mm-hmm. Same thing that could happen on a Friday, except you know it's not as not as tragic if you're only you know stuck for a night, right? But uh, if you're stuck for a weekend, that's another thing. But same thing, you know, if you close after a certain time during the day, wires don't get sent out from banks, stuff right. doesn't get funded. Um, I mean, you ask us, we've seen it all. I mean, we, we've seen everything. Right. So anytime you can do, you know, ideally Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday closings earlier in the day. Right. Anything pops up, you're good to go. You know, get the walkthrough done the day before. Get everything ready so you're ready to go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's the ideal time frame to close. Yeah, it's great for any closing, but it's even more important in these situations, you know, that we're talking about when you're buying and selling at the same time. Oh, absolutely. You know, you may sell your home um, and everything goes smooth on that. You know, but for your new loan, the proceeds of that have to be sent to the new title company. So if there's any delay there, you know, if if your first transaction, the sale doesn't happen till late in the afternoon, it might be too late for that wire to get there for the new purchase and could delay it. So uh, definitely important to to choose wisely as far as your closing dates and time. So, uh, well, those were, you know, eight mistakes to avoid when buying and selling at the same time. Some great information on that. We'll be back after a quick break. Tampa Bay, if you want to know what's going on in the real estate market, tune in right here on Sundays at 10 a.m. on 970 WFLA for the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. This is Mike Yates with Atlantic Bay Mortgage. Joined uh, today by, or with, <laughs> excuse me, joined by Robert Johnson and Nicole Vanek, both with the Duncan Duo team. Wanted to spend a few minutes talking about a couple different things. Uh, one, the importance of a pre-qualification, but also the difference between pre-qualification and pre-approval. So, um, you know, pre-qualification is super important. You know, Robert, I, I would imagine that if uh, you as a as a list agent and a list specialist, if you know, would you advise your seller to accept an offer without a pre-qualification letter at a minimum? No. Right. N- never. <laughs> right. So it, it's just not, it's not a good idea. So, you know, some of the the most important things I think with pre-qualification letters, um, one, you know, your buying power. So that way you're not out looking at a home that either A, you can't afford or B, you know, you you want that price range, but you can afford the payment. Uh, but just don't want a payment that high. So, you know, mm-hmm. a really important thing there is to check out your buying power before you even go look at homes. Um, you know, I've said it many times, and, and you guys know this as well. If you're looking at homes at 300000 um, you know, but you, you find out later that you can't afford them, it's going to be difficult to find something that you like you know, at 200,000, for instance. Right, because you've already set that expectation. You exactly. already have an idea of what you've been shown and what you like. 
Right. And, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in price range makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Enormous. So. Champagne taste on a beer budget. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. My sister always says on a Boone's farm budget. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, another another important reason to get pre qualified, especially in a hot real estate market like we have, if you're out looking at homes and you find the one that you want to make an offer on, you want to be in a position to make that offer on it. Um you know, there there's numerous times where someone hasn't done that yet. They love a home. They go to get pre-qualified, and someone else swoops in and gets the house, mm-hmm. you know, makes the offer before they get the opportunity to. So, you know, two two really big reasons to get pre-qualified. Um, you know, wanted to kind of jump into the pre-qualification versus pre-approval. Um, and in our business, and it always has been, I, I've been doing this for 12 years, those terms a lot of times are used loosely. I think a lot of people equate them as the same thing, but they're really not. You know, a prequalification is all verbal. Um, nothing's been verified uh, as far as any documents, income, things like that. Um, I've even seen and heard of some lending institutions sending out a pre-qualification letter without even pulling someone's credit. Right. You know, so how do you really know if that person qualifies if you haven't pulled their credit? So, you know, basically pre-qualifications, all verbal. Um, A pre-approval, for instance, is where everything is verified. You know, at Atlantic Bay, for instance, we will do a true conditional approval Um, You know, something that not a lot of companies offer where we will send a complete file to underwriting, get a conditional approval where, you know, all the income has been reviewed, all the assets, the credit, everything completely reviewed by an underwriter. And we know exactly what it's going to take to get a final approval. And also, um, you know, if there's any issues that arise, uh, you know, we'll know that right off the bat as well. So it's a, a great thing to to go ahead and take out that process. Um, you know, and I've seen many times where, you know, same offer on a home, for instance, same exact amount. You know, if you have that true pre-approval or conditional approval, your likelihood of getting that home is going to be a lot higher than someone that just has a generic pre-qualification. Um, so definitely important to do that talk with your lender about that give me a call i'm kind of happy to to look into that for you but can't you know explain enough how big and how important that is uh and multiple offers um robert and i think you've seen this before as well um there's are sometimes instances where a conditional approval with a, a better offer, for instance, or maybe not even a better offer, might even beat out cash, you know, yeah. because they've already been through that process. Yeah, you know, I think that it, sometimes when it gets that um, detailed with the pre-approval, I think that that's a good thing because, you know, they've already pretty much been through the process. They're already right. ready to go. It really comes down to, okay, what are the other terms of the offer? Because I do think that, especially like we were talking um, a couple of weeks ago, when people get into writing letters and talking about you know, the, how much they love your home, I think sometimes they can even go emotional. And at that point, you know, that kind of approval is just as good as cash. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. if you're looking to get pre-qualified uh, you know, to purchase. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's your new home if you're a seller and thinking about selling and, you know, getting qualified for that next purchase. I'm happy to help you out take a look at it for you. It's no cost or obligation uh, to do that. And I can be reached at MikeYatesRadio.com or 813-343-8551. We'd be happy to, you know, take a look at that for anyone out there. We'll be back after a quick break. Now we're back with the official real estate agents of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the best realtors in Tampa Bay. Andrew Duncan on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. This is Mike Yates with Atlantic Bay Mortgage, joined by Robert Johnson and Nicole Vanek from the Duncan Duo Show. Just wanted to to follow up, uh, Nicole, during the break, you had asked a question. So yeah, I wanted to I, I wanted answer to piggyback off of what you were talking about, the pre-approval and the pre-qualification. So is there an expiration date for those two documents, or is there like a valid through only date? Yeah, so for uh, Atlantic Bay, our credit reports are good for 120 days. So that pre-qualification or pre-approval would be good through that time. You know, as long as we close within that 120-day time frame, we wouldn't have to pull a new credit report. Uh, You know, but that being said, if let's say we have you conditionally approved through underwriting and you just haven't found a home yet, um, you know, we wouldn't have to start the process all over again, for instance, as far as a new application, everything. We can just, you know, get a new credit report, update your income and asset documents, and carry on that way. But, right. you know, most lenders, um, anywhere from 90 to 120 days on that. Okay. Right. So wanted to, uh, to transition from that and kind of talk about uh, five tricks to give your outdated <laughs> Tuscan decor, the boot. <laughs> so I feel like this is really apt <laughs> in Florida, right, um, or in any place such as New Jersey. Um, but you know, when we're talking about home renovations, and we talk about that a lot on the show, how to increase your home's value. Um, part of what makes homes valuable, and part of what makes model homes great, are when you go in them. You get an emotional connection to them. You can feel yourself living there. Um, a lot of times everything's pretty neutral because that's the style right now. But if you put your mind at a place about 12, 13 years ago, about the time that the real estate market crashed, <laughs> you can picture exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of Mediterranean, a lot of um, a lot of Italian uh, style decor, very Tuscan uh, dark, you know, reds and, you know, the influences tile. back then were just a tad bit different. A than tad what they are different. Now. Yeah. A little more bold. I'll say bold. Yeah. Um, but when, you know, those people that stuck that out and lived in those homes for, for a long time and they've seen their value come back, a lot of them are ready to sell. But, you know, part of that is that, you know, especially when we, we go meet with people, your kitchen's not newly remodeled. If it was remodeled 12 years ago, you know, your, your right. house is not newly remodeled if you did it. At that point, you know, it's not the no. like new kitchen, no. but it's 12 years old. No, <laughs> and not like new. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a couple quick things that could help you. 
number one, lighten the palette. You know, you want to go from those dark colors, you know, deep reds, deep greens, stuff like that. You want to turn that around and you want to do anything that's neutral and really light. You know, you want to get rid of a lot of that heavy feeling, um, dark, dark, dark. Even the cabinetry, everything was dark and natural. And, uh, you know, now everything is, um, you know, and I know there's variations of it, but a lot of things are um, lighter, you know, you're seeing white kitchens coming back, everything's white, white, white. And I don't even know if you have to go that extreme, but if you can just neutralize it some and just go lighter with it, make it feel more open and not so dark and, and closed in. Or help utilize the uh, sun. Oh, Let yeah. that natural lighting come in yeah. because that'll play a huge role in, in the spacing and how everything looks a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and versus I think that, keeping it dark and enclosed. Yeah, and I think if you just think about how you feel when you go into a really dark space, you know, you right. want to – Take a nap, you know. Right. You, you know, it doesn't feel open it's inviting, and expansive, but for the wrong reasons. Absolutely. <laughs> Number two, tone down the faux fixtures. You know, if you think about it, there's um, a lot of times when you go into these spaces, there might be you know faux wood beams and um, <clears throat> you know faux stone, and you know you have tile, and then you have wood floor, and then you have you have painted stucco and weathered tile. You know. The article says it's like having a jewelry box, and it would be like if you took everything in your jewelry box and you just threw it on you at one time. And, you know, everything might look great individually, but when it's all put together, it doesn't look great. And that's really what's happened to a lot of those things. You know, you know, like wood beams in the ceiling, those look great, but they don't look great with everything else. So maybe keep one feature that you really like and you think really stands out and is still in style and change the other stuff. Right. This is an instance where less could be more. Yeah. Less definitely is more. Yeah. Now, you know, maybe if you wait 15 years, it'll come back. <laughs> <Yeah. in. laughs> um, number three, swap out overly scrolled accents. And of course, there's great pictures that go along with this, but I was a little unsure what they meant by scrolled accents. But really, like if, if you think of cabinetry and you think of corners and you think of um, anything that would normally have an edge to it if you picture that rolled and rounded that's really what it means you know a lot of columns a lot of you know everything is curved you know you you kind of want to do what you can to minimize that again you know get rid of it in the best way possible if you're going to resell your house you obviously don't have to swap everything out but maybe subtract and don't change you know if there's decorative stuff that can easily be switched out do that Number five, or excuse me, number four, banish tassels. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last time I've seen tassels. Yeah, well. Oh, they're still around. Right. <laughs> decorative pillows. You uh, know, yeah, true. You have them on some bedding. I mean, you can have them in different places um, if you think about that time frame. Um, just get rid of them. Swap them out or take them away altogether. You know, you can find some some cheap um well, inexpensive. You know, my wife hates when I use the word right. cheap, but inexpensive <laughs> replacement for things um, and just get rid of it. I mean, that stuff isn't in yeah. style anymore and it'll really update the space for, I would say, out of everything that we've talked about for the least amount of money. Um, and number five, ditch the wine or grape themed motifs. You know, if you if you can picture what I'm talking <laughs> about, you know, you used to go into houses and above the cabinetry. You'd see like the wine bottles, right. or, or the then they'd have like the vines, or and then like grapes, or you know even um, like the uh, the backsplash of a kitchen, uh, maybe over the stove would have like 
a grape mural. Right. <laughs> you know, something like yeah. that. I mean, get rid of all that. You know, get rid of it. Don't replace it. You know, add, don't subtract. <laughs> or right. excuse me, like add, <laughs> subtract, don't add anything to it. So just get rid of it. You don't have to replace it with anything. Just it's very clean lined right now. You can get away right now in decor with minimalist you know and now i see that it's going towards a more maximalist theme so maybe in a couple years you can't get get away with that but right now you can just take stuff away without adding stuff and it will make a huge difference so just take it away don't don't even replace it and you know kind of piggybacking on that article uh there was another one that that applies to this and it's you know ways that home homeowners are paying for renovations and updates to their home so you know there's several different ways that that can be done um you know and one of the the main ones that a lot of people use is the equity in their home are you, know? you are you seeing people do that a lot now? I, I personally don't just because we don't offer a standalone oh, okay. um, home equity line product but um you know, I would imagine that a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people like to tap into the equity of their home to use it for renovations, for instance. Um, and generally speaking, they're pretty easy loans to get. Um, you know, a lot of places that that offer that program will lend up to, you know, 90% of your home's value. Some will go a little bit higher. Uh, the process is generally pretty easy. You may need an appraisal, and a lot of times that's about it. So well, it's fairly easy. It's almost like buying the home from yourself, correct? Right, essentially, yes. And I know you have to have a certain amount of equity in the house that still has to be there. You right. Know, you can't be paying, I assume you can't be paying like PMI or anything like that because you need the, right. the equity in the house. But right. it always just freaks me out because – I've been in real estate for 10 years and I just met with so many sellers over the years that if they wouldn't have done that, right, they would have been fined during the real estate crash. You Absolutely. Know? Such it's such a risk. It's such a risk. risk. And, it, and I know that that's, um, it's a generational thing because, you know, they say that like, you know, the Japanese economy or even in the American co- uh, economy after the Great Depression, you know, everyone saves saved because they got so freaked out from those really bad times yeah and i almost think that that's what's happened because everybody my age and i'm in my my mid-30s it seems like i don't know anybody that really does that that just takes out equity loans of their house like it, it freaks me out um to even think about doing that i mean i just felt so bad for people where they, um, you know, I'd meet with them and they'd say, well, you know, on our first mortgage, we owe 150000 But then on our second mortgage, we owe another 100000 right. And I said, well, what'd you do with that? I mean, oh, you know, well, the, I mean, we just had so much equity. I mean, we went to Europe and we bought right. a car <laughs> yep. and, you know, they didn't do anything. Jet skis. That, oh, I yeah. Had a client who it was like some jet skis. Yep. It's like they used their house as their their bank and right it, it's a scary thing it's not to free me. money keep that in mind right, it's right. Something and that you have to pay back you know a lot of people used to use those for debt consolidation as well mm-hmm. uh, the previous company that i worked at prior to atlantic bay when i first got in the business we offered uh, an equity line program and believe it or not it would actually go up to 125 percent of the home's value what? so we were putting people way upside down already and what I would see a lot is, you know, we may pay off $50,000 in debt for some people, save them five, 600 bucks a month. But a lot of people were coming back five, six months later, and they had ran that credit back up again. So now you have a first mortgage, a second mortgage that's way over equity, debt. 
and you got the credit card debt again and you know it was it was bad i mean that that crazy times it was you know that's an example of of a loan that was you know part of the catalyst and reason for the housing market collapse people were just so upside down and they couldn't get out from under it. They do not allow those anymore. No, so they're. By the uh, way, I mean, you have to have equity in your home. I mean, right. even though um, the market has gotten a lot better and people see prices rising and they think, oh my gosh, it's just like it's going to happen again. You know, it's, it's going to happen again. The market's going to crash and we're going to see the same thing again. But loans and. Uh, you know, the lending process is so different than right. it used to be. And one of the issues that we saw back in the day was everybody, whether you were buying a home or whether you were living in a home, I would say probably 75% of the population was basically living off of some kind of loan f- from housing. Absolutely. And I think that was where the problem was. It was just money flowing freely to everybody if you and it wasn't even mirror, there you could buy a house yeah that, absolutely the saying used to be um you know and this was right when i got in the business um you know basically almost right after the crash i, w- I was kind of in it and my manager used to always say that if you could sign your name and had decent credit you could buy a house you know because there was no mm-hmm. income loan or or stated income loans and, and all kinds of crazy stuff out there um, you know, I always reference the movie, the big short, oh, yeah. um, you know, perfect example of yeah. that and, and kind of what was going on during that time frame. So, well, we do have to take a quick break. There were a couple of things that I wanted to, uh, kind of finish up on, on ways to finance that renovations. We'll talk about that when we come back. Hey, back with Andrew hosting the Duncan duo real estate show on nine seventy AM WFLA. The real estate expert in Tampa, Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, 10 a.m. on 970 WFLA. Welcome back to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. This is Mike Yates with Atlantic Bay Mortgage. Uh, again, joined by Robert Johnson and Nicole Vanek with the Duncan Duo team. Wanted to uh, kind of finish up what we were talking about before the break, which was some ways to pay for um, those home renovations. So, um, you know, before the break, we talked about home equity loans. You know, another item out there that could be a possibility are personal loans. You know, a lot of banks offer personal loans. A lot of uh, there's a lot of different institutions out there now that that are offering those as well. So, could be another option as opposed to using your home equity, for instance, yeah. to get that money. Yeah, and I think if you have a good relationship with your bank or your credit union, or um, you know, if you have uh, good credit, I mean. They want to lend money. Right. I think it's always a good option if you don't have all the documentation that's, or if you're self-employed that you have to have to basically buy your house from yourself again for an equity line. I think that going to your bank for, for a personal loan is always a great option. Right. And I, I have a friend of mine that um, recently took out a personal loan through his bank, and he was just kind of amazed at how easy it was. He said that he literally you know, called and applied. They ran his credit. He sent him a couple pay stubs, and the next day, you know, his loan was approved and already had the money. So happens really quick, it, you know, as opposed to a an equity line, which is a little bit more um, in-depth as far as your income and credit and everything is concerned in an appraisal. And it's you know, extremely easy to quick. get a personal loan, and that's, I guess, if I could give any advice to anybody, even personally, is look at all your options. Even though you have banked with your bank for X amount of years, 
they may not give you the best rate or they might not may not give you the amount of money that you're looking for that you need. Right. So because it happens so quick, just take a couple extra minutes and do a little bit of research and make sure that that is the best option for you. Right. Uh, one thing, too, uh, kind of piggybacking on that, I've seen people before that will finance, you know, renovations or, or anything they need with their credit cards. You know, again, hmm. check to see if you can get in that instance. Maybe check to see if you can get a personal loan. Interest. <laughs> exactly. You know, most credit cards which run, is adjustable too. Right. I mean. Exactly. You know, most run anywhere from twenty to thirty percent on interest rates. They're uh, you know variable rates. They adjust. They go up. Um, so or even a balance transfer. You look at balance transfer cards. They'll give you free interest for twelve right. to x mm-hmm. amount of months, and that can really help you and save you a lot of money. Right. To Absolutely. Pay those, to pay those debts Absolutely. off. Another option uh, for financing your your renovations is a payment plan. You know, a lot of different contractors or vendors out there that that help with remodeling or renovations offer uh, their own financing. So I've that even be, seen that IKEA has started. A, oh, really? Um, yeah, they wow. they have a credit card, so it's not a credit card. It's mm-hmm. a um, it's basically an IKEA renovation. Um, they call it credit, but it's a certain type of credit that they're offering where. It's, I feel like it's, and I'm not, of course I don't work for Ikea, but it's a really long time with a really low, low interest rate, um, like three or four years or something, I I believe. So, um, and it's, it's low interest and, um, you know, to do their large projects like their kitchens. Right. Well, hopefully the, that comes with the install too, because I don't know if you guys have ever put (laughs) Ikea stuff together, but there's like, but they do recommend, there's like 10 million pieces. They do recommend personal or professional installation. Yes. Yes. And I've, I, I bought some stuff for my house and I, uh, you know, about halfway through said I'd never do it again. Yeah, so. my, uh, my home office desk is Ikea, and that was interesting to put together. Right, right. Allegedly. One, one so, th- <laughs> so we don't get in trouble. Right. right. <laughs> one thing that I would, uh, you know, caution people when you're um, doing a finance plan through a contractor is to check out the terms and details of that. Um, what I have seen a lot, and I've seen this kill real estate deals before, is let's say you – uh, finance your roof and you do it through the contractor or the company that puts it on, sometimes they will put a lien against they your do. property. They do right. usually, yeah. So, you know, I, I've even heard instances where people say, well, they told me they weren't going to do that, but they did. <laughs> so definitely look at the paperwork, check out all the terms, you know, because that might turn into a potential issue for you down the road. Now, if you're going to be there a while and you're going to be, you know, in a position where you're able to pay it off, it may not make a difference, but definitely check on that. Uh, the last uh, option, and you know, this one kind of may seem like the most obvious, is from your personal savings. You know, if you've had the ability to save up the money on your own, uh, you know, you could always use that to finance your renovations and repairs. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like credit; they don't like having to pay creditors. So that could be an option for you if you have that disposable income. That's obvious, right? <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, those are some great tips to uh, to consider when financing you uh, the renovations on your new home. So, well, we do appreciate you tuning in today. Have a great rest of your Sunday. The preceding program was paid for by the Duncan Duo at Remax Dynamic. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.